I was in my mid-twenties, I had the breakup. This was my formidable breakup. This was my inextricable lives breakup. This was my we've known each other essentially since childhood breakup. This was my we live in the same house, in the same attic breakup. This was my I got you a job at my job so that we can always be together breakup. Like so many of these kinds of breakups where you become enmeshed like some kind of bizarre <laughs> mutant creature. <laughs> like the like some kind of amorous version of the fly. You have to essentially dig a grave in order to rip the two of you apart. And that's a, that's very much what this ended up feeling like. Um I think that the comfort of numbness that comes from this kind of union at such a young age in some capacity needs a propellant in some capacity sometimes it really needs to go down in flames in order for it to grow indeed in this case it certainly did and at towards the end so many complications chipped away and defamed and annihilated us one of which left a very direct trace to the material existence that I had in the house with him. A good friend of mine, and he ended up falling in love. And she ended up moving into my old room rather quickly. In fact, she moved into my old room when I was still moving out of my old room. And the encounters that I would have in the empty house with my old key when I was trying to move out my things became very, very significant. In this writing, it opens with that. It opens with the recognition of seeing mundane objects, such as a pair of earrings in my old bathroom, and realizing it's over. I just don't belong here anymore. After this breakup, after I finally got my things out, I ended up moving back in with my family, which felt rather odd considering I had been, had a heavy managerial position and was in a position of power at my old job in education. And so moving back to my parents' couch and sleeping on it after quitting my job and letting him have it was a period of intense mourning and incubation and electric grief at all times. For years, I had been going to a weaving class down in my hometown, which I had just moved from, and it was always at the end of the day. I was exhausted after work. I was exhausted with this relationship. I was exhausted with being in my 20s and being a caretaker. I was exhausted and trying to imagine a life anywhere from here when I was so inextricably married to the life that I had built. And now, with that in ruin, this is this place, this weaving community, this community of grandmothers and great-grandmothers and brilliant teachers who are lay people and learn from experience at an adult community college ended up becoming my sacrament 
this class became my sacrament. And so the story is truly about the ways in which weaving became my companion. Weaving became my set of arms to weep into. Weaving became my medic and became my greatest teacher and remains to be so. It's been about 10 years since I've written this. And although I do not write in as Baroque a way as I used to, I wouldn't change a thing. These words were written with salt in my eyes. These are charged with a moment and with a woman that I only look back on now with an amazing fondness and just want to embrace myself. So I hope that this is something, as imperfect as it may be, that you can all enjoy. Staring at her earrings, placed on the sink, I finally realized. My face was only a nimbus in the sweat on the mirror, and as I sucked in the smell of his soap and what used to be my shower, I finally accepted I didn't belong here anymore. I moved north to the oranges and slept in the living room. The futon wasn't a midnight nest now, It wasn't a place for blushy dreaming or wet tongues. It was just a place to cling and ache. For months, I lay staring at the greasy crack in the ceiling, fooling myself to sleep. From yards of wool, I dyed my world. One long coil was the olive orchard across the street, oily aubergine and numbing green, Another was strips of memory from my walk in Spain, that aqua freckled with violet, like kiwi vines and the eyelashes of a passion flower. One handful of alpaca came out looking like neon cat grass, and I peppered my combs with just a few threads at a time for sparkle and youth. Over months, learning how to dye, learning how to spin, I let those clouds of hair slip through my fingers into strands and wound. Ecstatic hanks hugged themselves with insane limbs, coiling back and tangling on themselves. I steeped the arm loads of wool in hot water, dipping them like tasteless tea bags into my sink. The swollen chains of wool were now slender balls of thread. Weaving. Too late. Hungry. Weaving. Only one piece ever finished. Without my job, without the profane, I came in the daytime and saw my loom naked. I took my wool world and slithered it between my knuckles across the warping board. The yarn looked like long roads, changing their landscape from inch to inch, discovering stripes of serendipitous color. Again, the threads became a chain. I tethered their wildest to the apron bar and began telling my story with each hook with the sleigh, with each eye of the heddle. The long roads became one road, glittering with flecks of silk 
rather than broken glass. Jacaranda rayon thread became the laces, and I began weaving. The threads against the wool puckered and pooled in corners after the teeth of the beater gnashed down and my warp began to shred. I gathered a tarnished spoon and began placing the threads down softly, row by row by row by row by row. The threads looked like mitosis, and I listened to love songs that felt like moon-washed cactuses and reminded me of my regret. The waist of my shawl became cinched as I battled grief. Fabrications of them making love in my old bed severed my consciousness. My tension pulled in. It breathed out, making my salvages flounce like a cuttlefish wing. Some days I was haunted, other days a void. But every day my hands continued tamping down the weft the same. Tight, loose, it still wove something solid as I battled with the feeling of being boneless and unsolid. It grew as I rotted. It wound on as I unwound. I came to the end of this road and looked at the roll waiting for me at my lap. Peeling off my map wrapped in brown paper, its weight surprised me. I didn't know that nine feet could feel so human. At lunch, I brought my prayer up to the Formica tabletop to reveal to my weaving mates and look at my first real piece. Roll, 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 finish. The paper curled off in sheets, leaving dimpled yards of thought the shawl came from one edge of the table to nearly the other, its fringe licking the end. The women gasped and cooed, and my teacher spoke into the quietude following. What is going on with those edges? she asked. Her 80-year-old hands draped in silver, the size of her knuckles clasped on her lap. And I spoke back into that quiet. I just had a really bad breakup, and this is what it looks like. Now the silence was full, and as I looked up at the people who had only been classmates before, I now saw family. They knew, especially in the eyes of the eldest. <laughs>